0: Open the eyes of our hearts, dear Lord, that we may see the wonders of your word. Amen. Today we are in Nehemiah chapter 8. Here we see a great revival happening during the time of Nehemiah. Until the end of the previous chapter, the focus was on Nehemiah, the people and mainly the reconstruction of the wall. And from here the spiritual condition of the people takes the center stage and Ezra comes back into prominence here. This is symbolic of the fact that when we introduce the Lord to an unbeliever, they start experiencing the goodness of God and realize that he is really good indeed. And then the Lord brings them into the spiritual awareness of looking at themselves from his point of view. And that's exactly what has happened here as well. You see in verse 1, all the people gathered together as one man. The Spirit of the Lord was what was moving them inside. Their hearts were captivated by the Holy Spirit to understand and they were filled with the need to discover what else God had in store for them. This is the spiritual hunger and in this hunger they called for Ezra the priest to bring the book of the law of Moses. So we see that when we become spiritually aware Fondness for God's word automatically grows in our hearts. That's exactly the reason why many of you have joined in this WhatsApp groups. Know more of God through his word. And Jesus is the word. As we read in John chapter 1 verse 1 and 14. He reveals himself to us through his word, the Bible. He makes us conform to himself along the spiritual journey on earth. So the goal of a Christian is to become Christ-like. So Ezra brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. So you see men, women and children who could understand, who had the discernment as we saw in chapter 6. They are in this assembly eager to know the word of God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18 verse 3 Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Children tend to ask a lot of questions. Why is it like that? What is the meaning of this? What is the meaning of that? They have that inquisitiveness to know everything by asking a lot of questions. They have the tenderness of conscience. They have that openness about emotions and feelings. They have that playfulness and humor. They have the ability to trust easily. They have the ability to forgive easily. They are willing to learn and to grow. And they are filled with wonder and awe. As adults we become jaded and disinterested in life. We hold grudges, we harbor fears and we tend to become angry. Adults refuse to forgive and we remember even the slightest of slights. Adults tend to lose hope easily because our hopes have been dashed and destroyed many a time. Adults are inside a rut because they have always done that way and they don't want to do it any other way. Most importantly, adults have lost that wonder and awe. awe of life, the awe of God, the awe of humanity indeed. When we become like children, we begin to see the rule and reign of God unfold in our own lives with all its beauty, majesty, glory and creativity. Realize how the creator God could create such a vast creation and then be concerned about such a lowly being as a man. So that he will set everything in motion making us the apple of his eye. This understanding can come only through God's word. Notice in verse 3 it says he read it in front of the water gate. The water gate as we saw in chapter 3 refers to God's word. If you haven't listened to it, you can can open up the website bibleonechapteraday.com and listen to Nehemiah chapter 3 about the 10 different gates and its significance. Notice also that Ezra was reading it from morning until midday, from the light of dawn until the sun was heavy upon the sky. And the men and the women and the children were attentive to the book of law. That had to be at least 6 hours of non-stop reading. And can you imagine Ezra reading all those 6 hours continuously? And moreover, can you imagine all those people standing or sitting there, listening continuously for 6 hours? Nowadays in churches, even if the service goes on for more than an hour, people get restless. They start fidgeting and looking at the watches and stuff like that, giving subtle indications to get it over with. Verse 4 tells us Ezra was standing on a platform and 13 other Levites were standing along with them, to his left and to his right So they should have taken turns in reading for those 6 hours This platform signifies a preparation that Ezra should have made Likewise these whatsapp groups that we are part of and this website bible1chapteraday.com are platforms created by people according to the will of God so that people may come to understand the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through his word. platform also refers to your heart, how you prepare your heart to receive God's word. Willing to set aside our own desires, willing to set aside a time dedicated for this, willing to set aside our own agendas and plans, and willing to be receptive to God's word. Each one of you listening to this has prepared a platform indeed. This is the Lord's doing. And when Ezra opened up the law of the Lord, all the people stood up and lifted their hands and said, Amen, Amen, and bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. This was showing reverence to God's word. Verse 7 tells us, special Levites were appointed to help the people understand God's word. So it appears as though many people took turns in ministering to the people from the word of God. They helped the people understand the law and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. What does this mean? It means that only those who are spiritually discerned can understand God's word. It is not the intellectuals that God is searching for. God needs people of spiritual discernment. He saw about this in detail in chapter 6 of Nehemiah. The Holy Spirit uses gifted teachers to bring spiritual discernment to us, helping us all to understand what God's word says. We see many commentaries many study bibles written by gifted people of God explaining the various terminologies also this book of the law of the Lord was written by Moses at a different place at a different point of time in history to a different set of people so these Levites were explaining how it all related to them at this present time that is exactly how we are to read and understand God's word as well when we look at the old testament and the new testament We have to compare and contrast and see how symbolically it reflects and talks to us for the present day. But also not many people are quick to grasp the deep truths of God. So we need people like those Levites to help people understand God's word. Sometimes even those who have read the Bible many number of times need this spiritual discernment. We might have heard about a particular passage in the Bible so many number of times in the church in Sunday schools and youth meetings but then when someone comes in with a fresh revelation it helps us understand God's word better a woman came to a famous preacher and said I'm so touched by your messages and it brings about a change in me each time I listen to your sermons but then Later on I am unable to remember all of it. The man of God told her, That's alright, if you were convicted by the Holy Spirit through my messages that has brought about a change in your life and brought you into a deeper understanding of God's word that is exactly what God is looking for. That should be the attitude of each and every preacher. Verse 9 we see when the people understood the law of the Lord They started weeping because they saw who they really were, the condition before the eternal God. This is the godly sorrow that even Paul wrote of in 2 Corinthians 7 verses 9 to 11. I now rejoice, not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance, for you were made sorrowful according to the will of God, so that you might not suffer loss in anything through us. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces repentance without regret, leading to salvation, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Paul was writing to the Corinthians about the need to separate from worldly influences and to live a close life with God was asking them to separate themselves from worldly thinking and acting and have a closer relationship with God. He was asking them to cleanse themselves and become perfect in the holiness in the fear of God. You see they were getting entangled with the people around them and if you notice that is exactly what had happened during Ezra and Nehemiah's time as well. How the people got entangled with the nations around them. Paul sent a letter with Titus to the Corinthian church asking them to be set apart as God intended them to be. Paul is writing there saying, I am very happy to know from Titus that you had a godly sorrow, a sorrow that leads to repentance without regret, according to the will of God. There are two different sorrows, the worldly sorrow and the godly sorrow. Paul contrasts these two by saying, Worldly sorrow stops at tears and a feeling of guilt whereas godly sorrow is something that is worked in the heart by the Holy Spirit that moves the person into a genuine sense of changing their mind and of submitting to God's will. They understand that guilt and they realize that they have sinned against a holy God. Thus the believer has a desire to walk in what is right and leave behind what is sinful as we see in 2nd Corinthians chapter 7 verse 10 was this godly sorrow that gripped the heart of the people of Judah so Nehemiah, Ezra and the Levites comforted the people saying do not weep do not mourn this day is holy to the Lord your God do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength they understood how they had violated God's word. They had a godly sorrow and wept because of it. But Nehemiah, Ezra and the Levites were comforting them saying they could walk in joy because God was doing this great work inside their hearts of turning them back to him. This is the joy of salvation. So the people went their ways to eat and to drink and to send portions to the people who do not have them and to rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. What a great way to finish the day. Now on the second day once again they came as a gathering to hear God's word and understand it. They found written in the law so they were all diligently looking at God's word, searching what they should do this signifies the fact that after we give our lives to the lord after we are saved we search god's word to see what god wants us to do in our lives and they found that the children of israel should dwell in booths during the feast of the seventh month you realize This is the seventh month, the second day of the seventh month that they are reading this. Feast of the Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths is indeed the last of the appointed feasts and concludes the festive calendar that God had given to Israel. It anticipates the culmination of God's purpose for Israel, the final fulfillment of God's promises for Israel and through Israel to the world. It occurs in the seventh month and lasts for seven days. So you see, God used seven to signify perfection and completion. Tabernacles is called the season of joy or the festival of the harvest, as you see in Exodus chapter 23 verse 16, simply the feast of the Lord in Leviticus chapter 23 39. They were to be happy and joyful because of the bountiful harvest. This was to be celebrated after they have gathered the harvest. After they have gathered the produce of the land. But the feast was talking about a far higher thing as well. A great time of God's harvest. When the remnant of Israel and the residue of the nations that are reconciled to God are gathered unto him. That is the harvest of souls. And that's the reason it's called the feast of Yahweh or the feast of God. And we read that the people celebrated it for seven days and there was very great gladness. Obedience to God's word brings great gladness indeed. Usually people think that happiness comes from doing our own will, being answerable to nobody. But then real gladness comes only through obedience to God's word. And every day... Until the last day of the feast, Ezra read from the book of the law of God. And at the end there was a great assembly. This signifies, likewise at the very end of age, there will be a great assembly. Where all the harvested souls, God will bring into his kingdom as well. May God bless these words. Amen.